delivering clear, concise, and entertaining content on demand, this is SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community. Welcome to Hire Up, the podcast designed to help you take your business to a higher level. Get the latest news and updates on everything human resources. Unlock the occupational DNA so you can identify, select, develop, and retain top talent. And now your host, John Beck. Our guest today is the CEO of Profound Performance and a popular speaker on workplace motivation and engagement, a veteran Procter & Gamble executive and an adjunct professor at Indiana University. He's the author of Make It Matter and a weekly contributor to Inc. He is also the author of his brand new book, which just hit the streets in October, Find the Fire, Ignite Your Inspiration and Make Work Exciting Again currently lives in Cincinnati, Ohio. Our guest, Scott Maltz. Welcome to the show. I'm fired up to be on Higher Up. All right, man. That's what I'm talking about. And uh, we are excited to, to speak with you today. I have got this beautiful, beautiful book in the mail, and we're going we're gonna to talk about a little bit of that, of course. And what I want to do, and I really like to have you tell our guests at Higher Up, Tell us a little bit about you. What would get you to the uh, to the mic today with us at Higher Up? Yeah, sounds great. Well, uh, starting with the basics, I grew up in New York, uh, Syracuse, New York, the home of 200-inch, <laughs> you know, 200-inch winter snow, I guess. Uh, uh, so not Manhattan, but Syracuse, New York. Right. Uh, I have a, a 15-year-old daughter that uh, just delights my wife and I. We, uh, we love to travel. I live in Cincinnati, Ohio currently, and I'm in Cincinnati, Ohio because I spent 25 years of my career just about with uh, Procter & Gamble. Right. I was very blessed uh, to have run some of their very largest multi-billion dollar businesses. And, uh, you know, part of my story, John, is that, um, you know, oh, geez, probably about seven or eight years ago, uh, as I was progressing up through the company, I was finding that the next level up for me personally the closer I got to it, the less I really wanted it. And what I it was becoming clearer to me that I wanted to get back to my love of writing and one of my first loves, which is speaking from the stage. And so mm-hmm. I had been doing that for years at P&G, uh, speaking from the stage as part of leadership talks. And I guess as it turns out, at least I wasn't the worst person in the world at it. I kept getting asked more and more to do it. Next thing I know, I've got 20 to 25 uh, leadership talks on my plate. And I really, really enjoyed it, both in the company and outside of the company. I was kind of, you know, working um, as a side hustle on vacation time, doing talks, right? And uh, writing a book at the same time. And you know, geez, I would say, I don't know, it was five years ago or so, I really got serious about putting my thoughts to to, to paper, mm-hmm. and I wrote my uh, first book, um, uh, Make It Matter, and it really uh, did well and told me, like, wow, I, I think I could go be of servitude to people better by starting my own company where I can keynote, where I can write, where I can coach, where I can do workshops, even better than I could serve people within the confines of a big company. And so about two years ago, I made the leap, John. And uh, (laughs) 
that uh, that brings me to where I am with you today. Um, I have my new book, Find the Fire, that came out just a few months ago, and I've been having a wonderful time uh, going all over the country to talk and support that book and help people understand how they could ignite their inspiration and make work exciting again. And and that brought me to to you. I have been so blessed to have the opportunity to speak to so many wonderful guests. Uh, we're, we're hitting the uh, 30 episode list. And while that's not huge amongst uh, a lot of podcasters, uh, it is for us here at Higher Up. And we're excited about that. And the Higher Up podcast has been selected and, and received numerous awards on uh, being named in the top group iTunes to iHeartRadio and so on. So we're really excited to have you here. And the timing is perfect. And let me tell you why. Let me find the fire. <laughs> I think I think I could be of service to you, John, and to your listeners. So I'll take you through a, a quick, but I hope you'll find a very um, fun and insightful journey. I'll just start very quickly with this, which is, well, wh- you know, why inspiration? Of yeah. all the things I could be talking about to your listeners, I mean, we could be talking about, you know, uh, focus, about accountability, uh, innovation. Why? Why inspiration? Right. And and I guess here's the the first thing that I would I would say to you, John, and you, to help enlist you into the mission here, you have to really understand the power of inspiration. And and the best way I can put this is to, is to compare it quickly to motivation. Who doesn't want to be motivated at their job? Of course. Right. Right. Motivation is the pragmatic consequence of inspiration, right? It's the engineer in you that proceeds in a step-by-step fashion until, you know, marching orders in hand until it achieves its goal. And, and that's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. Right, right. Inspiration precedes motivation and basically thrusts it into action. It's a moment of galvanizing energy and wisdom that shoves motivation into action. And motivation doesn't happen without inspiration. The best way I can put it is probably this. With motivation, we take hold of an idea and we run with it, and that's good. But with inspiration, John, an idea takes hold of us. Ah, uh, yeah. See? That's what makes it the holy grail of enthusiasm, and right? And, you know, I, I think, and look, I've always been inspired, and, you know, sometimes I may confuse that inspiration with motivation. So I'm definitely motivated, but it's that inspiration piece. I, it's there, but I need to find it, you know? I need to get, I need to recapture that. So, yeah, continue. This is great. So, okay, so let's presume for a second that, you know, you were going to believe me if I had an hour to walk you through all what social science teaches us about inspiration as the single most powerful force in our life. Let's assume we all agree to that. There's a problem. It's not so easy, John, as you know. Here's a problem. Research tells us that 70% of people, they want more than anything at work, more than anything that they want from their boss. Even before they want them to be visionary or what they want them to be inspirational. 70% say that's wow. the number one yeah. thing they want. Okay, now the bad news. Uh-huh. Guess what? When you follow up and you ask those same people, okay, great. Well, what percentage of you would say your boss is inspiring? It's 11%. Yeah, man. That is one heck of a gap. So if you're waiting around for your boss or for your environment to inspire you, it's simply isn't going to happen. You, you have to understand that you can take the reins here. And most people say, well, Scott, I hear you, but inspiration is a mysterious thing, right? Isn't it fickle? Isn't it this crazy force I have no control over? But the truth is, John, I've been studying this for almost 10 years now. Right. Cutting edge research and in inspiration teaches us that in fact, inspiration can be codified and coaxed and that you can create the conditions where inspiration is much more likely to happen. 
that comes as an epiphany for most folks because they believe they have to wait for it to occur to them. So the next obvious question is, I'm with you. How do I get it to occur? You're looking for that outside force, right? And that's right. You're saying, hey, we can put ourselves in a position to have it come from within. That's right. Yeah. That is exactly right. And here, here's the first step towards doing that is to realize that for all these years, John, we've been asking ourselves the wrong question. And I have social science on my side on this one. Science teaches us that when we're feeling uninspired, the first thing that we'll do, 84% of us to be precise, the first thing we do is ask ourselves subconsciously or quite consciously, well, what inspires me? Then I'm going to try to do more of that, right? Right. And the answer, the answer is, is different as the person. It might be a, a sunset. It might be a painting, a well-crafted quote, a, the, the rare, amazing boss. It's different for everybody. But obviously, that's not working. Because research also tells us that 70% of us have lost that love and feeling at work. Well, let me, ask you, zero. <laughs> let me ask you on that. So yeah. what causes that? What causes this inspiration drain? I mean, why does it? Why do people in, in the work environment lose that? What's, what's the cause of that? Perfect question. That brings me to the next point, which is it turns out we've been asking ourselves the wrong question. The question isn't you know, what inspires me and try to do more of that because that's far too passive. It's far too elusive. It has to be evoked. The right question to ask is the one that you just asked, John, mm -hmm. which is how did I lose my inspiration in the first place? Because, you know, everybody goes in, you know, and in, in, as you were mentioning in your, in your book, everybody goes in inspired, right? I mean, you, you, you start that job, you're inspired, you get up in the morning, that's the thing that makes you put your feet on the ground out of bed, right? So, out of, you know, over the course of time, you know, those feet start hitting the floor a little slower in the morning. Things start <laughs> to slow down, right? Happens to everybody, I think, over a period of time. And so what those causes, I mean, what changes like that? You know? Here's here's what happens to us, John. And uh, again, I have research on my side, and I find this actually fascinating. I'm a research dork, so I find research fascinating. But what it tells us is, there are actually nine forces that drain our insp inspiration. In the book, Find the Fire, I call them the anti-muses. You've, you've heard of the term muses before, John, yes. right? You know, like yeah. a, an artist is waiting for them to, you know, have their muse whisper to them to get the inspiration. That's right. I call these forces the nine anti-muses. And, and there's, of all the things that drive you crazy at work, what I find fascinating is there's nine of them that statistically significantly broke out from the pack to say, this is disproportionately, continuously the source of what drains our inspiration. So what I'll do is I'll touch very quickly. I'll list all nine of them. And then if you want, we can go deep on, on some of the ones that are the most common and the nastiest yeah. that drain our inspiration. I tell you, as you're going over the list, and if I hit one, that I'm like, oh, wait, we're going to drive deep on that. We'll, we'll, we'll do it as you go. So, yeah. So let's hit it. What's the number one? What you got? Sounds fantastic. Uh, the most common uh, force that drains our inspiration is fear. Fear of failure, uh, fear of criticism, even fear of change. It can be debilitating. And literally, you know, fear is the opposite of inspiration. Think of how you feel, feel when you're afraid. Think of how you feel when you're inspired. It's literally the opposite. We also, uh, choosing to settle and, and, and become bored in our jobs is what drains our inspiration. That's the second force. And when we plateau, when we find ourselves saying, you know, you know what, if I'm honest, I haven't learned in a while. I haven't. I don't feel myself growing, and I'm wondering if I'm wasting my time in this job. That's a major source of inspiration drain. The third force is inundation. Simply being overwhelmed at work 
too much to do, too many priorities, the inability to prioritize and push back. Mm-hmm. Uh, another force is simply a loss of control. Finland, you know, feeling like we have far too little influence over the outcomes and the events in, in our work and in our life. Yeah, that'll get that'll get you feeling really insignificant. You know, I mean, if you're not able to have that <clears throat> that voice uh, and, and be a, a contributing member to a group, that that's that's <laughs> that'll that'll drain it. That'll drain it. Which shows you're right on the game because the next force is insignificance. <laughs> it's a, it's very closely related, yes. but just feeling like you know, man, my work doesn't matter anymore. Uh, another nasty force. Uh, this this will be the, the the sixth one. I'm trying to get through the list quickly. Is dwindling self belief. Talk the to me about people, that. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. that a minute. Talk to me. The amount of people that I coach in a one-on-one fashion that, oh my gosh, John, that simply believe they, they've come to this this belief deep down in the core that in truth they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this feeling of I'm not good enough produces so many problems. It gets in our way of our ability to persevere over problems. It, it destroys our self-confidence in ourselves. It keeps us from pursuing things at which we could learn and grow and, and get better. And maybe the mo- the nastiest, it, when, when our self-belief is dwindling, it's even harder to be present in the moment because we're worried about what everything around, around us is saying about us rather than paying right. attention to the moment it's itself and i feel like we intuitively know that some people might not know this but the number one new year's resolution in in 2018 that has increased the most versus last year is a resolution to become more present and focused in the moment so i think intuitively we all know we're reaching a pinnacle where we've got to stop you know we've got to stop the multitasking and and we've got to get back to things that reinforce our our self-belief it's it's a nasty nasty way that uh, that our inspiration has uh, has drained um should should i keep going yeah Uh, absolutely i i i i can resonate with a lot of these let's go it's good yeah just a couple more um three more uh things that that data tells us drains our inspiration uh disconnectedness is the next one Feeling a sense of like, man, I have, I've detached from, from my worker, my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel isolated on this team. I don't get along with my boss, and we all know the how important belongingness is for us at work. Uh, the next one, and this one surprised me making the list, John, mm-hmm. was a dearth of creating. And, and what I mean by that are these are some of the most heartfelt confessions yeah. in the thousands of interviews I did for this book, which were people that said, you know. Why, why don't I love my job? Why is my passion escaped? Well, it's because I stopped making unique contributions and I stopped creating. Mm-hmm. I stopped making unique things that only I could do into the world and I fall into a world of processes. I'm always on somebody else's agenda and I've forgotten what it's like to bring my unique contributions to the table. So a dearth of simply creating is just another powerful one. And the last of the... Of the um, the nine forces, and then I might circle back on one or two of them. The last one is, is uh, what I call a lack of evocation. And what, and what I mean by that is um, you literally find it almost impossible to be inspired by anything at work because you you work in a toxic workplace. Yeah, The culture is heinous or your boss is an absolute jerk and it's just impossible. It, it overrides everything and you can't you can't become inspired accordingly so so uh, those are the the nine anti muses and I talk in find the fire about how to overcome 
each and every one of them. With, with your permission, John, I would you mind if I went back on on the one that's most common and maybe the most debilitating of all? Absolutely. I definitely want you to do that. And I also have, uh, I've jotted them all down and I have one that I've got a couple stars by. So let's talk about the, the one that your research is telling you is the most common. And I want to hit on one that I, uh, that really touched me that I'm going to let you help, help me with. And we'll talk about it. Fantastic. Um, okay. So I want, I want to go back to, to fear for just a second. And within that, I'm going to focus on fear of failure. And and even for your listeners out there, John, that are saying, you know, oh, dude, I, you know, I hear you. I'm sure a lot of people suffer from fear of failure, but that's that's not me. So thanks, anyways. Here's an important thing to remember: uh, it is mathematically impossible, mathematically impossible, that you don't work with someone or have someone in your life that suffers from fear of failure. Because the truth is, just over 50% of all adults say that the number one thing that kept them most from accomplishing or even revisiting their goals was a fear of failure. So I can promise you, you can help someone with the following advice, which is simply this. You have to understand what happens with fear of failure. It, it, neuroscience shows us that fear of failure literally shuts down the part of our brain that's responsible for risk-taking and growth. It, it's up to us to reframe the conversation that we have with ourselves when we're experiencing a fear of failure because that fear engages our brain in the wrong conversation. For example, I'll give you your listeners, just a few ways you can quickly reframe your fear of failure. Number one, you can remind yourself or somebody else that there's only three ways you can actually fail. When you quit, when you don't improve, or when you never try. What if I were to tell you, John, what if I were to, you know, to, to, to remind you, I guess, that failure doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. It doesn't happen to you to devastate you. It happens for you so you can grow. What if I told you and your listeners, John, that you don't suffer when you fail? Right. Your ego suffers. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You and your ego, you're not the same thing. And I'll give you one last one. What if I told you that actually that feeling you, you, you fear when you're on the cusp of trying something and it's scaring the heck out of you? Well, guess what? That's not there to scare you. That's there to tell you that what you're about to do must be worth it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be feeling what you're feeling. In 40 seconds, I've given four ways wow. to reframe fear of failure. There's more in the book, and I encourage readers to, to really embrace the, the reality that fear of failure doesn't have to play a, such a big role in your life. You can push back and reignite your fire accordingly. Let's get, to, let's get to yours if well, you want to. I, I, you, just, uh, you have uh, touched me in a way that I, I'm going to go ahead and share a personal story with you. Please. And, uh, and we can maybe have a talk about it because uh, – I have a beautiful, I have two daughters, two beautiful, beautiful young ladies, and one is 20 years old. She is a sophomore, and I know she's going to kill me for mentioning this, but she is a sophomore <laughs> in, in college, and she is uh, a 4.0 student since day one, right? I mean, she's rolling through school, tremendously successful, and I'm talking about a kid who was, you know, homecoming queen, head cheerleader. Ace pitcher, one of the top pitchers in the state of Louisiana, I mean, athletic, you know, then goes into college, 4.0, you know, turned down numerous athletic scholarships. And you know what she has? Every day she's calling us stressed about failing, about failing. Sally, my wife, and I are are dealing with that on a regular basis, and we both look at ourselves and shake our heads and go, how how can she feel that way? I mean, she's, she's so successful in everything she's ever done, and yet... At this point, for whatever reason, it's like resonating with her, and she's 
has this constant fear that she's going to fail. And, boy, we've been dealing with that. And so the timing of this information for me personally, and I'm so glad that you picked that. Well, you didn't pick it. It is the number one reason, right, uh, of losing that inspiration. And I tell you what, I can't wait to dive in deep on that topic in the book, you know, find the fire and really be able to help coach her along with that. Uh, well, thanks. Thanks yeah. so much for sharing that. Yeah, yeah please. John, go ahead. Yeah, that is huge. And for, for any of you out there that are listening, I know that we all have people, whether they're in our work life, in our home life, in our social life, that are suffering or dealing with a couple of or one or two or more of these particular these nine things. I mean, everyone can associate with something here. When you have a chance, I, I highly encourage you. I, I've had a to, uh, opportunity to thumb through it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna dissect this book. But find the fire. I tell you, it's uh it's it's a it's gonna be a great read. I'm looking forward to it. The one I wanted to touch on too, uh, which for me out of these nine that I really really touched me was the creativity piece. I represent major assessment publishers. There's not a lot of creativity of uh, we're able to do that. In other words, it's structured, very, very structured, very regulated. Here's the way you go. Here's the path you run on. Now, you have some creativity in how you run your business and market yourself, but, but pretty much you have to follow a lot of rules and guidelines. There's the invention of the Hire Up podcast. I needed a creative <laughs> outlet, right? I needed an op- I'm serious. I mean, I took an office in our studio. You should see we have a beautiful podcast studio where team members could walk past in the hallway. We have the glass. We, guess what we're doing next? We just took another office that we had, and we're doing a chroma key studio. You know the green screen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I am so pumped up about that. And <laughs> and so, you know, we're, we're going to have this chroma key studio where we can, you know, we've done some practice work with it, but we're, we're actually in full-blown construction, and it's going to be a permanent green screen stage that's going to go from the ground, curving up the wall. We've got the camera setups, all the lights, umbrellas, I mean, you name it. And we're going to be doing, and it's all what? I needed to find some creative outlets to be able to reignite that. And I, you can hear it in my voice. I mean, I'm... I'm getting, you know, I'm excited and pumped up about these opportunities just to do some things that are creative, you know, and look, let's face it, selling assessments isn't the sexiest thing in the world. You know, who wants to be assessed? Nobody, <laughs> but I've made a living at it for 25 years and, you know, we've helped a lot of companies successfully with it, but the creative piece has always been something I've struggled with and I've had, you know, some rules and regulations about, you know, how creative I could be. And boom, that's why we've got the Higher Up podcast and we're building this chroma key studio to create, do some great video work. And speaking of video work, uh, I had the opportunity, uh, a stalking of you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, uh, I came across some uh, some great, great inspirational uh, YouTube videos that you have out. Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, no. Thank you for thank you for asking. Uh, part of you know, it's so interesting, John, that we we share more in common than you may even realize. Your your desire to have a creative output and, and an outlet uh, led you to to what you just described. Same with me and my desire to to keynote. And uh, so I do an awful lot of keynoting, an awful lot of talks for companies where I come in and I talk to them about, you know, either how to reignite your own inspiration. Don't wait around for it to happen. Or I talk to leaders and teach them how to create meaning for their employees and deep inspiration and motivation. And as part of that, you know, as it turns out, the the best selling tool to let people know that you're really skilled at what you're doing 
is to get it on video, right? We live in a video-based world now. You're about to discover that with your Chroma Key Studio. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of fun to, to shoot and create videos. But it's a very, you know, obviously a consumable format. And so what I try to do is put snippets of what I talk about, what I do, uh, I've even started to create these little videos now called uh, Fulfill Mints, uh, M-I-N-T-S, little, short little breaths of inspiration that allow you to get uh, more fulfillment in your work life and in your in your personal life. And so I've taken you know on video as one of my major strategies for 2018. And part of that as well is you know populating YouTube with um, clips of me in action, speaking uh, my keynote so that people can understand. Wow, this guy knows what he's doing. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And and I'll tell you the fulfill the fulfillment videos, uh, that's what I was able to come across. I, I came oh, across okay. several of those, and I I clicked through them, and uh, I tell you it's really really good information. What advice do you have and to overcome these common causes of uh, inspiration drain? Yeah, you know the the first it starts with just a couple of things. You know it starts with understanding that you can do this. You you can take control. You don't have to wait around for inspiration to occur. You absolutely can codify what makes, what is inspiration and coax it out. First, you must believe that that's true because it is absolutely true. And I have more data than I have time to prove that. <laughs> the second thing, you know, and there's so, you know, you hit it earlier, John, you were right on it, which is 100% of your listeners, 100% of your listeners will be able to really relate and associate with at least two or three, frankly, of the the typical things that drain our inspiration from our life. And, and when you spend time to think about, well, how did I lose it in the first place? Because it was everywhere when I started. Right. The insight is rather than create and dig a deep new well of inspiration, which is really hard to do, why not go back to ones that naturally filled themselves up? Like, mm. like when when we were early in the first days in your job, inspiration was literally everywhere. Find those wells and refill them. Mm -hmm. And the third piece that I would tell you is chase authenticity, not approval. Yeah. One of the biggest barriers that gets in the way of people really being willing to be honest and look at what has drained my inspiration from their life is they're too busy chasing the approval of everyone else in their life. And what happens is, you know, approval is a insatiable beast. It's it's an empty, shallow victory at best, and soul crushing at worst because it never ends, and you never stop feeding the beast. And when you could stop that pursuit, and instead of approval, say, I need to be my authentic self. I need to bring the real the real person that I am, not the person I'm just expected to be, who I really am to the table. And when you can do that. Your mind opens up to, okay, now I have to understand where my inspiration is gone and I'm going to go chase and pursue that and bring the real me back to the table rather than try to live to somebody else's standard all right. the time. Man, what a, what a great rap. That is, that's some good advice. And I, I tell you, I, uh, I'm, I'm fired up, man. I'm, I'm starting up, you know, the fire's there. If it's stoking it, you're stoking <laughs> it. And I'm finding that fire, man. I'm, you can hear it. I mean, I'm uh, I'm getting excited here. Let's talk a little bit about in in, in wrapping up. If someone wants to book you for a, a you know whether it's a coaching or whether we want you on a keynote, how do we find you? Yeah, thank you for asking. The single best way to do it, John, is at scottmouts.com. S C O T T M A U T Z dot com. Scottmouts.com. And uh, for higher up listeners, I also have some 
goodies uh, waiting for you there. When you go to the site, um, if you decide that, you know, you're, you know, go ahead and check out the book, Find the Fire. If you decide to get it, you can also download a free companion workbook that goes along with it because uh, research is super clear in the power of retaining concepts and new ideas. Uh, that happens when you can write down key thoughts. So I put together a workbook, a fill-in-the-blank workbook that allows people to really absorb the key concepts of uh, find the fire, ignite your inspiration, and make work exciting again. So go to scottmouts.com, and you can download that free workbook. Oh, man, that's great. And as always, uh, we'll have a whole page on the site at hrhigherup.com, all devoted to Scott and find the fire with links to Scott's site, uh, his information, so you'll know all about him. And, uh, of course, that information will always be there. In closing, Scott, any last thoughts, anything you want to – give the audience as we uh, start to wrap up. Uh, I would, I would just say, you know, thank you so much for having me on the show. And it really is important to remember that you don't have to wait around to get your fire reignited. You can bring it into your own life, man, way to end it. And there you have it, folks. We are excited and pumped to have Scott Maltz here with his new book, find the fire. And of course, you're going to be able to find all that information at hrhigherup.com. I would like to certainly thank all of our listeners because we know here at Higher Up, when it comes to your content, you do have a choice, and we really thank you and our listeners for choosing us here at Higher Up. And there we have it. We hope everyone has a great, great day. And remember, continue to take your organization and yourself to a higher level. Thanks for listening to Higher Up with John Beck. For show notes, updates, and more on how to break the code to unlocking occupational DNA, join the community at hrhigherup.com. And take your business to a higher level. This has been an exclusive production of SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community.